You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin Liv. Hey, guys, it's Elliot. And this is episode 52, where uh, we focus on a little recap with Elliot. Just finished up uh, St. George 70.3 and is prepping for Ironman Fort Elaine coming up quick here. So, how are we doing, Elliot? Uh, it was good to be back. It was. It felt weird leaving the house after 16 months of seriously just being at home. <laughs> Didn't yeah. even go out for an outdoor ride in 2020. And had Did only you really got a, not do one outdoor ride in 2020? No, I was just like, I don't want to end up in the hospital. And <laughs> it's just a shit show over here. So I'm like, yeah. I got Zwift. But yeah, that, I mean, that point, that aspect of it was probably one of the main reasons why I was pretty nervous going into this. And I don't know, just the first race of the year is always nerve wracking. And then to add to it, it's a fairly big race. It's, I'm, it I is, would have uh, much preferred to do a local race, but we don't really have those yet. Right. But uh, yeah, definitely a very strong field. I mean, for those that didn't follow it, we can take a minute here to talk about the pro field. I mean, man, was that uh, one of the most exciting and uh, just a very encouraging race. And I think really a look at the future of, of even long course triathlon for professional racing. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, why don't we kick it off there? So um, I mean, I feel like PTO is doing a really good job with marketing everything and i mean the pros are a lot more active on social media they're on yeah. youtube i mean i'm a really big fan of just watching their videos on youtube i mean the number of them are on there they do yeah the uh collins cup coming up pretty soon here right or a couple yeah. months but uh you know the rankings definitely seems like the pros are taking interest in that and uh really excited for that coming up here uh is that in september right yeah i think so yeah i think it's september yeah yeah so which uh, after uh, after Sam Sam Long's second place at uh, St. George, he's now the number one American for the male side of it. Oh, wow. Um, which I think is justified. Yeah. Um, man, did he throw down. So, yeah, so those that didn't follow the race, um, Lionel Sanders ended up winning by uh, five seconds. Um, and if you haven't seen it, there is uh, – so it's funny, actually. I think that um, – that, uh, my goodness, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, the photographer for Lionel. Um, Talbot. Yeah, Talbot Cox. Uh, sorry, he uh, he provided better coverage than Ironman did um, <laughs> for, the, for the race. You know? I heard about that. I heard that the the Facebook watching was a little sketchy. 
it wasn't great. Yeah. And actually for me, I actually didn't get on to the Ironman live to like, I think I literally saw Lionel cross the line um, as I got on because there was like this spam thing that kept like trying to get me to pay for something to subscribe. And uh, there was definitely some shadiness with it to, to be able to get in there. But anyways, um, but yeah, it was just uh, the literally the last 5K or three miles. Um, Lionel and Sam were pretty much stride for stride. Um, Magnus was was right in the, the mix for a bit. Um, Ditlev and, you know, but Rudy Von Berg all were right there. Um, I mean, even, let's see here, looking at the uh, top 10, we're all, you know, within um, within seven minutes of each other, six minutes of each other. So um, it was just a super tight race. And, um, you know, and it, it was really impressive. You know, Lionel won. I think most people considered him the favorite. And, you know, after he had a decent swim, was able to get out. But, um, you know, Magnus uh, is just an uber biker. Then he even, you know, was able to keep himself up ahead of both Sam and Lionel, which was pretty dang impressive um, and exciting for the sport, I think. But, uh, but Lionel won, but uh, just by the, by the hair, um, it was, it was really, really tight. And uh, he claims that he went deeper in that race than he ever has before in order to get that win. And I, I'd say it's, it's hard to disagree with that, with, with how hard they work and the pace they're running at. They both ran one elevens and, uh, but Sam Long, man, very, very impressive young, young kids still what, 25 years old, I think somewhere around there. Wow. And, you know, pretty interesting. He was saying before the race, his goal was to take about a half an hour, a little bit over half an hour off his time from when he raced there, I think as an age grouper. Yeah. And he uh, said last time Lionel beat him by about around 30 minutes. Right. So he's like, I just want to, it was just an honor to be right. <laughs> running so, with him. <laughs> it, it, uh, came down even seemed like actually watching the footage that the mishap was Sam slowing down to hit an aid station and, and Lionel kind of took off right there and was able to keep the gap, um, you know, right towards the end, but they were both flying and just, uh, really, really tight racing and just, uh, for a three hour and 43 minute race, you know, pretty darn exciting, um, throughout and, uh, just, just really exciting to see what's, uh, what's happening. I mean, on the female side of things, uh, Daniela did, uh, did pretty much dominate from, from the start to finish there. Um, but, uh, you know, there's still a lot of fast girls out there and, uh, both sides, I think are really just stepping up and, and doing really well. Why do you think so, that is? Uh, why do you think the women's pro field and the men's pro field are? It's completely different kind of style of racing. I mean, I feel like, I mean, a lot of the guy racing is you got to make packs, you got to ride. I mean, you got to ride up if you have a slow swim, and females are more. You're kind of on your own the entire day, and yeah. it's kind of like whoever's the most fit wins. Right. Right. Yeah, I think we're going to see that change. I mean, you know, both even after winning, you know, Lionel has been very adamant and vocal about thinking that we need to have a 20 meter draft zone for the pros. Um, and it's hard to disagree with that, especially more even after um, Texas 70.3. It was very eminent that that really factored in the race where, I mean, literally they were riding upright at times during the race. I think we did cover a little bit in the last, uh, last episode, but 
um, you know, we need to, they need to be spread out a little bit. And, you know, obviously we'd extend out, I would assume the, the draft, the time that you have, um, once you get in the draft zone, but, uh, I think that that's going to be important if, if they're going to change things for the better, but on I mean, do you court. think that means, do you think that means limiting the fields though? Because I mean, with 80 pro men that are pretty equal on the bike, I mean, you get out of the water together. It's, it, I feel uh, like totally. it's, it's kind of hard to kind of keep that distance when there's, it's so congested out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a possibility here. I mean, that was a, a big field, I guess. Yeah. The pros we're talking about after with the swim, just being super congested, super tight. Cause it's kind of a small starting area there. And, you know, they had to, to battle a bit and then getting on the bike, you know, there's just only so much you can do. I mean, I think even Lionel was talking about one point, you know, he was back and he was trying to catch up to Sam or vice or I think maybe it was vice versa. Sam was trying to catch fighters back. And like, in order to make that move, it's just like a tremendous effort, you know? So, um, you know, they need to figure out a way to, to break that up a little bit. And, uh, I, I, best option to me does seem to be extending that draft zone or yeah, the, the draft zone has got to be longer. Yeah. So, but I mean, as far as the women, I think that, uh, I think we'll see that change and, and likely they'll kind of catch up and the strategies will, will trickle down, if you will, to the, to the women's field. But, uh, um, you know, I think it's still just, uh, um, maybe a, a touch of a, a step behind, you know, the level of the amount of the skill, the talent level at the top end is just still, uh, the gap isn't as significant for the, the men versus the women, you know? And so, you know, Daniela, and the other strong women, you know, I mean, all of them are incredible, but, uh, they, Daniela just still seems to have an edge that, uh, that the other girls can't seem to catch up to here yet. There always seems to be one woman that can just separate herself from everyone. I mean, we yeah. had like, we had Chrissy, I mean, Daniela has been around for a while now and yeah, when exactly. she's healthy and fit, I mean, just seems like she's just unbeatable. Right. Well, we'll see when Lucy Charles, you know, when she gets uh, going, I mean, back in, uh, was it uh, Miami, Challenge Miami? I mean, I think if she didn't have that drafting penalty, she would have been neck and neck for the win. It would have, that would have made that race a lot more exciting. So it's, it's definitely there. And I think that with such a, you know, Danielle being such a strong uh, cyclist on such a tough course like St. George, that that really kind of exposed that where we may not see that much of a gap in some of the other races but mm -hmm. one thing i will also mention I, I did watch a youtube video that uh get who it was one of the age groupers from the uk was saying how lionel was sandbagging and that's the only reason it was that close and uh i got a quite a chuckle <laughs> that and i just don't think that's the case <laughs> even if he was if he was quote unquote sandbagging i think he would have probably preferred to have won by like at least 30 seconds you know not not be close to sprinting to the line um, yeah. in order to get the win. So, uh, I, I just don't buy that one, but, uh, I don't think he was sandbag. I mean, he was <laughs> crying at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's so tired. I mean, either of them could get up after just collapsing at the line. So, uh, I got to chuckle out of that, but, uh, but yeah, so let's, uh, let's move on to the age group race, man. So, uh, so let's, let's talk about your day. How was your swim? Yeah, it so was, uh, right, let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's, let's talk about, it. I mean, so you were in St. George for two weeks prior to the race. How was that? Yeah, it was, I don't know. I feel like, well, my wife, Becca thought it was 
the the first week we were there, she was coaching a swim meet. So that's why we went so early. Right. And I don't think she realized how busy she was going to be. So it was more like you're going to work a lot of hours and it was just, she's just squeezing workouts in, in the hotel room. I mean, she just didn't have that much time to train. So. Oh really? She was that busy, huh? Yeah. So looking back, it might not have been the greatest idea to go that early. I mean, I got some good outdoor riding in and I really needed it because it was my, I think when I rode in St. George, it was my third outdoor ride of the year. So it was (laughs) some good practice and I got a lot of practice on the course beforehand and got used to the weather again. It was pretty warm compared to the weather in Washington. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, very cool. All right. So, and what, uh, was that your first time in St. George? No. So I did that race in 2013, I think. I did. That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but as far as you remember, the course was very similar. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, the water was still really cold. <laughs> I mean, is that kind of what you remember of it? Like, I just, I just remember the water always being like super cold when you get in. No, I mean the only thing, I, thing I think of when I think of that swim is the wind, three foot swells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, funny you mentioned that. We went in like three days before the race, when before a lot of the people even showed up, and the winds were just howling, and I got in the water and. I mean, it was just hard to even breathe and it freaked Becca out so much that she's like, I don't know if I can even do this. And I'm like, it's not going to be as bad during race then. (laughs) But I kind of knew in the back of my mind, like it could be. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, that's, and you know, on a real downside here, I did hear that one athlete did pass away during the swim. Yeah. And you know, I think this is a huge miss by Ironman to not let people warm up and get a touch of the water here. Yeah, but I mean, what can you do? I mean, there's, I mean, when we rolled into checking our bikes, I was just amazed how many racks there were and how many bikes there were. I mean, yeah, well, close sure. to, right, to 3,000 athletes and you all, they, they still want to practice those social distancing and wearing the mask and separating each other. I mean, they let the yeah. pros warm up, but I mean, we had to start lining up 30 minutes before the race started. And I just, that's true. I mean, I guess that is an interesting perspective, whether kind of being cold or going in the cold water and then sitting around for 30 minutes before you actually start racing. That's, that's an interesting perspective that doesn't right. make it counter what I'm saying here, but I think that they need to have just a small section that people can at least just get in the water if they want to. Right. I mean, and I've had that panic attack before too. I mean, I remember when Coeur d'Alene was a mass swim star on the beach and I didn't get any warm up in and I just went for it. And uh, it was the most awful feeling I've ever had in a swim, just total anxiety attack. I had to hold on to a buoy for a while and catch my breath. Really? And yeah, it was in 2010. Actually, maybe I do know. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you know, that's such a drastic shift. You know, you're going from ultimately no warm up and, you know, especially somebody like yourself, strong and competitor, you know, you're going to be swimming really hard 
you know, so that is just not the way we want to do it. Right. We want to. Yeah. But there are ways. I mean, I've learned over the years, like there are ways to kind of like the main thing is like, you don't want to shock your system, like, you know, Mm -hmm. being comfortable and then just going into really cold water. So there are ways to kind of get acclimate your body, even if you don't really get a warm up in. So like what I do is I just get a huge bottle of water and just pour it all in my wetsuit. So I do kind of like, cool down my, my core a little bit so like when yeah. i'm jumping in the water it's not too much of a shock but yeah that's, i mean if that's you definitely a good idea i mean you know also bringing some swim bands and yeah. doing a little bit of band work to just get activated a little bit i think it's definitely a good idea and something i like to do right um but uh but yeah and then how often were they sending out, out athletes how did the the time trial kind of start go honestly like every three to five seconds. I mean, they got everyone in the water pretty quickly and, and we kind of lined multiple, up. Yeah. So it was all based off of, was it was it? all based off of swim time. So like right. the sub 27 swimmers, which there was quite a few sub 27 swimmers in that corral. Um, they all lined up first and it was kind of a line of what, five athletes. So they, they let five people go at a time. Five at a time. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. So kind of five rows, if you will. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely a way to do it. Um, you know, and so they did have tons of racks. It was super spread out in transition and everything. Mm, not really. It was, no, it was pretty tight. Yeah. I mean, it was like, seemed like any like, other try that we've ever done. It was that's just like pre COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But they did require a mask inside. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you had to wear it all the way till right before you started, you threw it in like as you're going in the water. Yeah. Which was like hard because you just like holding it over your face and you're like, all right, when can I take this thing off? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. And how about in the transition area? Did they make you, was it traditional where you had your, you know, your bike stuff on the ground or did you have to have it in a bag? Um, that was pretty lenient. I mean, you could done, you could have done whatever you wanted. Okay. Got it. I mean, you had their bag there and yeah, I had my shoes on my bike, my helmet on my bike. So, okay. I mean, they were cool. pretty lenient with that. I mean, they didn't have any body marking. Their whole thing was like, they don't, they want to do everything. Pretty didn't want to get there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And well, I guess it was 70.3. So they didn't, uh, you had to bring your bike to T2 anyways. Right. Um, right. but I think even for those folks getting ready for an Ironman, um, and probably it'll be interesting to see what happens in Coeur d'Alene, but you'll probably have to bring your bike to your rack in Coeur d'Alene. Um, I believe they're not doing the handoffs, um, you know, right when you get into transition. Like oh, they'd have yeah, like that. that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, uh, the positives of this is that, um, so like the packet pickup and the drop-offs of the bags and the bikes, you all were designated like a, like a time you had to do it. So it was, I mean, the whole check-in process was very fast and there were no lines. And so that part of it was pretty smooth. I mean, I think they manage it really well considering they're dealing with so many athletes. I mean, really, I don't, I have, I I don't really have anything that they could have done any better. I mean, I would have been freaked out if I was a race director. Yeah yeah uh cool but uh all right i mean i think that that makes sense and i'm glad to hear they didn't have the bags um 
now I'm trying to blank. I mean, they didn't have changing tents at Ironman Florida. Um, you know, you had to change. And I feel like we still had to have our stuff in bags, um, even though we sat them, you know, they were in our right next to our bike or on our bike, whatever. Um, but we had to have everything bagged, even though it looked more like a traditional triathlon as opposed so there to were so there were no changing tents in florida so if you had to change or something if you wanted to change into like running clothes yeah you would have been hosed man you would have uh, had to uh you know maybe think about running in your uh tri suit i guess yeah um i forget if there was some way to maybe do it i mean i guess arguably you go in a porta potty or something like that if you really wanted to but yeah that was the limitation there was no uh no changing tents and did the aid stations all have, was it self-serve or did people hand you hand off? Self-serve. Self-serve. Yeah. Which it so was. that, so that's it was changed. You, right? No, it was, they handed off everything. Oh, they did. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it, I was thinking about that. I mean, it definitely slowed you down a little bit when you had to kind of, Oh go, yeah, for sure. Stuff and uh, so that's good to hear. Okay, cool. Uh, no. And just like the, it, it's weird because living in Washington, it's, we're still, I mean, so we paused. Yeah, yeah, we paused again. So, but we rolled into St. George, we went out to frozen yogurt the first day and there was about 50 people in there. No one was wearing a mask. We, Becca and I both walked in with a mask on and we just gave into the peer pressure. Like, all right, well, <laughs> <laughs> then we went to like a, the gym nearby and same thing. And even the lady that was, signing us up she's like yeah you don't have to wear a mask anywhere here <laughs> yeah cool so do you guys have, or i guess so the swim team do you have pool access to swim um so we found a community center that was pretty cool i mean a lot of the pros are swimming there too yeah i think i saw that in one of the videos yeah yeah um but becca got to swim at the dixie state college a little bit it's a nice cool. pool but yeah Cool. And did you go into the water at the same time as her? Or did you guys separate? We separated. So I was, I was at the very tail end of the sub twenty-seven group. That's when I got in. Yeah. Nice. And, and you held pretty close. So tell me more. Tell us more about the swim. Yeah. So I was really kind of nervous because the weather's still been pretty cool in Washington. Actually, it warmed up right before we left for St. George. So. Becca got in one open water swim in her lake, but I didn't get it in. And yeah, it was St. George was pretty much my first open water swim of the year. And I've been swimming in the pool a lot about four to five times a week. Cool. So I knew I was in good shape and it's just, I don't know, getting, getting used to finding feet, staying on feet and getting good draft in the water is, something you just gotta i had to get used to really fast again but i managed to do that and yeah i felt like i held a pretty good effort throughout and they had a timing chip thing that we went through like halfway so yeah. um that's pretty cool that's a new thing huh yeah and yeah i mean i found some really good feet in that I think that's one of the benefits of these um, time trial starts is if everyone lines up to their actual swim abilities, you are side by side with swimmers that are somewhat of your ability or faster. Yeah. So, and so did you, were you able to stick on some feet and, and um, like, was it congested at all or? Not really. I mean, the first part 
was a little bit because I, there's a lot of people just still lining up where they shouldn't be. So, but then well, also, I'm, I'm thinking back to myself in Ironman, Florida, where I went sub in the sub one hour group and then I swam 105. So I didn't do anybody. Any so, do, <laughs> so you're one of those people. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. But did you feel like you were Which, swimming with people or were you, were you getting passed all the time? No, I, I was getting past a, a decent amount. Um, I did stick with a few people a little bit, but uh, no, I, I would do say I got out swam for sure. I mean, I knew like Steve Jackson, the super fast swimmers was going to just blow by, but I was kind of amused to try and see how long I would keep him in sight for, but that was like a minute maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I'll still say that when in doubt, go in a little bit faster group because there's probably right. a lot of people doing Because what I mean, I even, did. yeah, and if you get good at drafting, I mean, you do want to be around swimmers that are people slightly faster. faster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So about like a quarter way through the swim, I, I did get on some feet and you know, you find some good feet when you're kind of working pretty hard and you're just trying to hold on to the, to the draft. Yeah. yeah. So I, I knew I was in a good spot and yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good with just sticking to the same person as long as it's not too congested. I mean, I think the only race I've ever really had like a lot of problems with that is Hawaii. I yeah. just, feel like everyone kind of swims the same speed there right right yeah yeah cool so did you feel like you swam hard or like what do you feel like your effort was uh moderate hard yeah i mean i felt like i was in pretty good swim shape so i mean yeah i mean i feel like it's a pace i can kind of maintain for ironman too so yeah I mean, nice and was it, but was it like hot? Did you go out really strong at the beginning and then settle in or was it? So not really. I kept going through my head and just ease into it because I knew it was cold and yeah, that's a good point. I had that to kind of like ease into it. So there were a few people that were just kind of passed me right away and I just couldn't really hang with them and yeah, um, that let that go. And I just kind of waited until I just settled in. And I mean, you know, the first like five minutes of a, some race it's just kind of hectic and sure. you just have to get your bearings a little bit no doubt but you ended up with a 28:33, which is pretty sweet man yeah pretty uh getting pretty consistent with that and yeah i keep explaining to becca i'm like i don't know how it happened because i don't know two years ago i still wasn't breaking 30 in the swim so you did have a breakthrough yeah no <laughs> yeah pretty awesome i'm still waiting for that <laughs> Hey, you've gone sub hours in the yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, not. Uh, I certainly don't swim at your level, which is awesome here. I gotta so. have one advantage over you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but you, you say you felt good coming out of the water and getting on the bike. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, I was a little concerned with transitions too. And I wish uh, you had. I wish I lived near you so I could take your transition clinic tonight. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Would have been a game changer for you, but that's all right. <laughs> but I kind of did the whole, I don't want to take any risks kind of thing. And actually I didn't, I didn't put my shoes on the bike. I put my shoes on in transition because I'm like, oh, yeah? I just don't, I haven't done this in a while and I haven't really practiced it. And yeah. All right. And I was, uh, the, our racks, we were, I think we were like in the AWA rack section. So yeah. we were pretty close to the bike out. So cool. I knew that, so the, that far. yeah, 
Okay. Well, that's but good. Yeah. The transition area was so long. It, was, it kind of reminded me of uh, Iron Man, Arizona, where you had to kind of yeah. like run around the whole park to yeah. get to your bike because everyone kind of has to run the same distance. Right. Right. So that's, exactly. Yeah. But sounds like you were in Iraq. There was an advantage where you didn't have to run with your bike as long as some right. other people probably did. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. And so, uh, tell me about the bike course and how you felt and just your bike split. Yeah. Really rolly. Um, I mean, you got that one major climb, which is snow Canyon, but, um, I don't, I felt like I gave it a really solid effort and yeah, it, it felt like a kind of like a world championship field as far as like the men's age groups, because it's, I mean, I, I as I was, I mean, I passed a lot of people on the bike, but I also was like, people were blowing by me. So I don't know if it's because of like the somewhat faster swim that I'm able to do, but it's just, it kind of, yeah, it was kind of, I kind of had to let that go. And I guess it's like, I haven't raced in a while. So it was just like, wow, people are like really strong on the bike. I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so what do you think, like, you consider that a super hard course or like what's your overall take on? Uh, so I guess it kind of depends on the conditions. So if it was like a really windy day, no wind, right? Yeah. There's no wind and it's actually, I find it a pretty, it's an honest course, but it it can be pretty fast. I mean, I mean the pros, uh, Lionel did it in what, 202. Some guy rode a 201. So, yeah, yeah I mean, they were all flirting with two hours. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I think other than the Snow Canyon climb, I mean, it is pretty rolly. I think there was a little over 3,000 feet of climbing throughout the entire course. Uh, it's pretty legit for 56 miles, you know? Yeah. But, um, but I hear, how are the road quality? Very good. So, the, there's a new section right when you get out of the right around sand hollow where it was like freshly paved they didn't really even open it up until race day i mean i couldn't ride it the day before they didn't open it up so no one really knew what to expect other than like the video they posted online before the race of what this section even looked like but it was really smooth and yeah i mean i think most of the course was the pavement was very smooth I mean, the road qualities, the road quality there is definitely top notch. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Um, all right. So what, like, did you have a power number in mind and like, what, what did be your power numbers looking like? Yeah. So I tried to be, tried to aim for 230, 235 Watts, which is about 85% intensity factor. So that's kind of what I shot for. And I mean, looking back, it's like, I don't think I could have done any better. And I think that's what I'm really lacking in 70.3 racing. Now that I look back at it, it's just the top end speed that these amateur guys have now. It's like, I I just need to really work on that. And I think that's one of the downsides of training for Ironman all the time is like, you just, even though you do get some intensity in you, you are like your volumes high, you're always kind of training tired. So you don't really get like that true top end that's really needed. And 
I feel 70.3 racing and Ironman racing is completely different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely that factor. I mean, I have a look at, at our age group here, I mean, the, the top guys were all biking, you know, between or two fourteen, I think I saw all the way to two twenty. Um, yeah. you know, so those are uh those are some fast times for sure on that 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 course, you know. But yeah. uh um now nah, I think you know it's smarty to stick to your your guns, focus on you though, and you know, hit those numbers. And I mean if you're at eighty five percent intensity factor, I think that's a pretty strong ride. Yeah, and it was kinda nice. I mean, and I while I do don't I don't like getting past it's the first race of the year. I'm like I'm glad I'm getting my ass kicked right now because it'll give me motivation for the rest of the year because felt like 2020 it was really like just kind of going through the motions. I'm like, I don't know when the next race will be. It was just, well, I did get a lot of training in. I just yeah. didn't really have a purpose. So really like purpose in push. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So no, it was kind of right. nice. I was, it was nice to, go against a stacked age group field and get my ass handed to me. I liked it. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's talk about <laughs> the run here. <laughs> uh, how did you feel coming off the bike? Uh, pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, while I did give it a really good effort, I feel like I didn't really take huge risks. So like snow Canyon, I mean, I didn't really hammer up that even though, you get that long descent back into town, but I mean, I really didn't, I really stuck to my numbers and just kind of did my thing. And I think that's kind of the mentality that you can have in Ironman, but in 70.3 racing, if you want to be competitive, you have to, you got to burn a few matches. Yeah. You do have to stick with people a little better Yeah, because the, 10 minute gaps off the bike you can't that's not enough yeah, time like a half marathon this isn't enough time to catch anyone okay yeah exactly um but and and on the bike did you end up did you ride with anybody at all or um uh, yeah in and out um yeah. it just wasn't that congested and I knew there were a lot of people ahead of me, but at the same time, like I was passing quite a few people too. And it, it just felt very kind of thinned out up where I was and I was passing women pro. So in my head, I'm like, I think I'm having like a fairly good race, but I don't know where I'm at. And I know there were a lot of guys that were age groupers that were ahead of me, which I was right. So, yeah. Um, but you know, and would you say tougher run course than bike course or what? The run was tough. And I think this is the kind of course, like you really have to study the profile. And if you went into it blind and just like, and it just went with it, you would have been like, Oh my gosh. Like when these, it gets the first like three miles are gently uphill. So like you're, you look down and you're watching, like, why am I running so slow? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i hear actually even they're they're changing the run course a little bit for 70.3 worlds where they're making right. it even harder yeah um where they're taking some of the like a little bit more gradual descents out and uh making them like kind of steeper and uh even more fun so yeah um but i mean so you ran uh just under 129 um that's right you biked just about 230 flat 
Um, but uh, were you happy with that? So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the part of the race where I was a little disappointed on. So, like, I've been really – I've been running a lot. And, I mean, I set some personal bests as far as, like, open half marathons um, over the winter. So, it's a little disappointed in that run. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people went out – a lot of even the pros that didn't do so well, they they went out of this race saying they just didn't really have that top end speed. But I mean, like I said, it's the first race of the year, and if I had the a breakthrough race in May, I would have been like, wow, I trained perfectly for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. And also keep in mind with, with Coeur d'Alene next month here, um, a little more focused on that, obviously. So, yeah. um, but you ended up 13th in the age group, um, and, uh, uh, ended up, uh, scoring a 70.3 world slot, right? Yep. So there were 27 slots in our, <laughs> in the age group. It was the biggest age, biggest age group in the oh, field. Yeah. Interesting. Surprised it wasn't one of the forties. That's uh, that's surprising. And uh, yeah, I mean, just looking at the competition though, it's like if you look at just the standalone times, you're like, oh, it's a fast course. Like, there's some pretty fast times in there, but twenty seventh place went like four forty five. So yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot know, of yeah. guys just had a lot of pent up uh, training. They wanted <laughs> just right unleash. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, top, let's see here, top 40, top 50 were all sub five hours. So on a tough course, that's... Uh, and I think great. that's that's kind of, a, I mean, that's how our, I don't think that would have happened when we first started triathlon. I don't think there'd uh, be as know. many guys breaking five hours. Yeah, and doing that well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think... That the competition in general, I mean, pros and amateur fields are, it's definitely getting a little better. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, punching your ticket. That's cool. So you're going to head back there. Yep. In September. Cool. And uh, And you're going to join me, right? Uh, We shall see. Time will tell here. (laughs) Don't have a slot yet. We still have, uh, should have at least one crack at it here, but, uh, I don't know. Family uh, decisions will be a heavy impact on that one here, but uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, let's talk about Becca real quick here. So your wife, Becca, also raced, and uh, she did pretty well, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to look behind my shoulder soon at races to see if she's behind me. <laughs> yeah, so tell us more about uh, her day here. So, yeah, she's been really working on her swim. I mean, she felt like she was out of all three things she was the weakest at the swim and she's been just she's been going to the pool almost every single day of the week wow she does work for that swim team so she has access to the pool and she's at a pool almost every day so but yeah she swam a 32 which is actually not her personal best but um i i felt like for that swim and it was pretty choppy especially the second half of that swim, it was a, it's pretty good. And it's, I mean, if you look at the, the age group ranking out of the water, I mean, she wasn't out of it in the water, which she's right. kind of had to make up a lot of, 
lot of ground in the past. So right. So that she biked two thirty five, right? Yep. Get that shoulder, get that overlook the shoulder going. No, like I think twenty right third female, including the pros. So that's awesome. That means a lot of. I think she probably had one of the best amateur bike splits. Yeah, yeah, and then still ran uh, sub one thirty three here, huh? Yeah. So um, yeah, so she ended up being the third overall amateur, right? You know, right? Yeah. So. Got her option to take her pro card. And you think she should do it or no? We shall see. I think, <laughs> I think, uh, as we talked about, after she's going race, against her podcast though. You can't, we can't, I mean, she, she will certainly not be a guest again on the podcast. If she <laughs> <to take> it. <laughs> so, so if that's the case, I'm sure she won't want to do it because you know, that's really very important, but, yeah. uh, that's our rule. We can't interview any pros, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, now Lucas, Lucas, uh, back when he had that whole incident, is the only pro we've ever had on there. Yeah, so, and uh, Ruth, we we interviewed Ruth. Well, Ruth, right? But age grouper, uh, when she when she went on before she went pro, so that's okay. You know, <laughs> so hopefully, uh, so potentially we could add Becca to that category since we did have her on um, to talk about strength stuff a while back here. So yeah, um, but. I think uh, what we talked about after the race is, you know, if she uh, see how she does at 70.3 Worlds, because obviously she took her slot as well. And if she does well there, then uh, I do think it's a good idea for her to give it a go. Yeah. And like we said earlier in the podcast, it's, I mean, the women's fields, the women field is kind of more, it's way more wide open than the men's. Yeah. I would have to say so. Um, I mean, it's still very, I mean, the top end is still very, very very talented but extremely you have a lot more opportunities as a yeah. woman professional i think so yeah but uh that's exciting stuff there so um very big congrats to her and you um for a good race here and glad you guys got back at it here after the hiatus so. uh, it's, it's just so nice to be back yeah so now it's uh it's all about coeur here huh? yep and that's only in what six weeks seven weeks and is Becca doing that or no? No. She's not. Right. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, so, yeah, coming up quick here. Uh, excited for it or what? Really excited. I think Ironman is kind of more my distance. It's kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I think 70.3 is more like you're just, you got to just gun it the entire race. I mean, you, yeah. it's short enough where you can do that and, nutrition is not as important in the 70.3 as Ironman and it's the mental games you play in 70.3 aren't it's just I, I guess the two distances are just a lot different yeah I mean while they're both considered long course I mean obviously one is double the other one so it's a right. <laughs> it's a pretty significant difference you know so I mean I, I just like the aspect of just wearing people out in Ironman and yeah. I mean I have confidence in my run Exactly. that I can make up those 20 minute gaps and <laughs> right <laughs> off yeah, the bike. Totally. Yeah. Whereas in 70.3, if you're five minutes down, it's, it's a kind of a tall, I mean, you have to have a good run and it's a tall order to catch someone that's that far ahead. Yeah, for sure. No, exactly. But, you know, very strong field across the age groups as well. Very impressive performances. And, uh, yeah, I do think that the age groupers, the age group 
rankings are just getting tighter and tighter as well. Uh, I mean, the guy that did win our age group, um, where I just took his stuff down, uh, he crushed it. Um, what do you do? Four oh. What did he do? Let me bring it up real quick again. It was low fours. It was low fours, yeah. Um, but uh, four oh four. Yeah, just under four oh five. I mean, that's that's smoking. You know, uh, swam a little slower than you, but then a two fifteen bike and then a one fifteen run. Uh, I mean, that's pretty darn close to pro caliber there. So, um, and then a couple of EMJ guys, not far behind him that, uh, that did really well, but, uh, all in yeah. our age group. Hey, all in age group. Right. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, we're definitely excited for you. So you've been hitting it pretty hard, getting back, feeling good and, and getting the volume in or what? Yeah. I think the motivation's back and excited for Ironman, but I have a feeling it's going to be kind of the same kind of atmosphere as St. George because I, yeah. a lot of the people doing Coeur d'Alene are the rollovers from the St. George full being canceled last year. Uh, I, I figured, you know, it's, I, I think so too. Plus you know. it's the first like Ironman back in this area. So I think a lot of people are gunning for this race, but I like it. I like the competition and, just just got to do my thing because i know i could right. that's what it's all about you do you man yep. um, so are you planning to do any outdoor riding you know now that you're back home <laughs> definitely yeah okay especially so my long rides <laughs> yeah yeah cool and the weather's getting really nice here so yeah i think every weekend from here on out we'll be riding outside yeah cool uh awesome man well uh yeah we'll keep uh tracking that here and uh we do have um tulsa ironman uh tulsa coming up here um what next weekend not this weekend coming up or the following weekend yep. depending on when we get this yep. relief and uh should be exciting uh sam long racing that one but uh or i've got one athlete racing and uh, a couple of emj guys should be exciting to to see that race go off and um you know, that's sounded like it's a pretty tough course, the tough play course. And, uh, interested to hear what people's perspective is on that race here, but another race going off here and does really feel like we're getting back to it, which is, uh, very encouraging. So, uh, hopefully everybody's training away here, getting ready, you know, in Massachusetts, we got, uh, Patriot and, and, uh, I've seen some of the, the shorter races, have, uh, you know, getting scheduled, which, uh, Massachusetts has been a pretty tight, uh, maybe not quite as tight as, as Washington, but uh, very, very tight. And uh, it's just uh, exciting to see. So. And Timberman's making a comeback. That's right. So just prior to uh, the launch or the recording of this here, I got a text that uh, Timberman is on for this year, which I'm really, really shocked about. It's, <laughs> it's literally, what, three months away. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll they'll sell it out. I think it'll, it'll do well. And uh, got some decisions to make whether I'm going to be a part of that or hopefully I'll be up there either way, but, uh, very, very excited to have an iron or an Ironman event, WTC event back in New Hampshire. It's been a little bit here and, uh, that is our marquee race. So, uh, we'll have to talk about, uh, talk about getting, uh, getting you guys back over here, Elliot. <laughs> hey, as long as your kids don't get me sick again. <laughs> no, 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 no guarantees there. <laughs> so awesome all right well any closing words here 
Uh, just that it's good to be back. Yeah. Finally. It was a long hiatus of no racing. Right. There is. But, uh, I think you came back in style here and, uh, we can't wait to see you crush it in, uh, Coeur here. And what sucks for you? Uh, I got White Mountains half um, at the end of the month, um, but I do, or excuse me, at the end of, Ju- of June, um, I do have uh, the, we're doing a training camp up in Lake Placid at the beginning of June, which I'm really probably more excited for that actually than even the race that uh, should be a lot of fun, get some, some big rides in um, and uh, just being around and being a hundred percent, you know, athlete slash coach is always fun to me. So, uh, hopefully get some good weather and, uh, get some good training. And so, um, yeah. Awesome to hear. <clears throat> cool. All right. Well, uh, congrats again, Elliot. Good work Thank here. You. And so we'll, uh, we'll shut it down for now. We'll talk to everybody next time. All right. Thanks for listening everyone. Cool.